This is the Amazing Teacher Podcast with my dad, Sam Ringel, episode number 11. Welcome to the Amazing Teacher Podcast, where we sit down with amazing teachers and pick their brains for tips, strategies, and ideas that you can take into your classrooms and be amazing. Now, here's your host, Sam Rangel. Welcome, amazing teachers, to the 11th episode of the Amazing Teacher Podcast. This is Sam from successintheclassroom.com, and if you haven't already figured it out, that was my son, Mark, on the intro. He's 10, and it took a little convincing to get him to be on a podcast, but uh, he agreed, and, and uh, that, that was Mark. Now I have to get my oldest boy, Sam, to be on. He's 13 and apparently too cool to be on a podcast, but I'll keep trying. This week I have an interview that was really fun for me. It was with Robin Dubiel from Learning Past June. She's an instructional coach in a school in Canada, which makes this podcast officially international. That's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. Uh, Robin and I had a great conversation where she offers so many just great pieces of advice for new teachers. I know you'll enjoy what she has to say about collaboration, building relationships, and involving students. I really enjoy this interview, and I know you'll find it valuable and inspiring as well. All right, so let's get right into the interview with amazing teacher Robin Dubiel. Ready? Here we go. Today, I am so happy to have Robin Dubiel from Learning Past June on the podcast. Welcome to the show, Robin. Thanks, Sam. Uh Again, thank you for taking time out of your day to sit down and let me pick your brain. It, I'm really excited about the conversation we're going to have today. I am too. I, great. I was reading your blog, and uh, one thing I like, I like the way you find greater meaning in everyday events that happen in your life, and then you ap- apply that to the classroom. I, th- I think that is so, so cool. Like, uh, for example, you shared about how you were teaching your son to ride the bike. Mm-hmm. Yes, and th- Anthony. <laughs> yeah, and then you took lessons from that and applied them to your to your teaching career and you and how to um, how to connect the kids and how to reach kids and how to teach them in the classroom. And I thought that was really uh, in- insightful. I think that's a, a good way to to just view life as as lessons that you can use later on. Thank you. I I I don't want to at the risk of sounding cliche. Uh, family has always been such an important. Uh, part of who I am and and all the things that I do and I'm finding now as a parent and having my own children um, and how I share my perspectives and my thinking and learning with them continues to influence and impact the Mm -hmm. things that I do in the classroom as you can see on the blog so right right Uh, well um uh, just just to let the the audience know you are in Canada right I am yes I am so that's a first for us here on the, on the podcast, Robin. We are officially international because this is the first uh, interview I've had with someone who is outside of the United States. Well, it is my pleasure to be that first person. I am quite honored that you would think <laughs> me. <laughs> that's great. But now you are now the sole representative of the Canadian educational system. So no pressure. <laughs> no pressure. <laughs> Well, before we begin, Robin, can you tell us a little bit about yourself, your teaching career, how you got into teaching, and maybe why you became a teacher? Um, Alrighty. 
currently I'm a instructional coach for our uh, for the Christ the Teacher Roman Catholic Separate School Division, which is in a small city of Yorkton. We have about 20,000 people here. Um, I grew up in small town Saskatchewan, um, a little place called Southey, which only has about 800 people. And I didn't always want to be a teacher. Um, my background wasn't with great riches and I did well in school. So I always thought that I would do something like engineering that would uh, make lots of cash and, mm -hmm. and I could use my brain and do those sorts of things. And I ended up having a summer job when I was 15 doing some rec um, planning for kids in the summer. And that just changed everything. Um, you asked about some quotes. Well, one of those little guys said, I just love coming here because we always get to try new things. And I thought, okay, I want to be that person who's trying new things and inspiring kids and seeing that joy. And the whole plan changed. I entered the College of Education in, in at the University of Saskatchewan. And I have taught over the years, K through 12, um, different positions. I'm also functionally bilingual. I speak French. And so that has helped me um, in some of the teaching positions I've had over the years as well. Um, and for the past couple of years, I've been a learning achievement coach. And that role was about supporting classroom teachers in, in comprehension and reading instruction strategies as a whole class, but um, also doing small group reading intervention. Um, using uh, reading programs. So, and now I'm an instructional coach for our entire division. We're a small division, but I get to work with all the teachers should they like to be part of a coaching cycle. So mm -hmm. it's been a pretty interesting journey. Wow, very good, very good. Well, I wanted to ask, once I found out that you were uh, from Canada, I wanted to ask you, and, and maybe you can't answer this, but since you are, like I said, the sole representative of the Canadian <laughs> educational system, do you see any differences between uh, the Canadian educational system and maybe the American system? There are. Um, I think some of the ways we approach multicultural education might be a little bit different. Mm -hmm. uh, Again, in Canada, each uh, province has their government decides on a provincially based curriculum. Mm -hmm. So we have uh, a Saskatchewan curriculum for all the different content areas. And then if you went to Manitoba or Ontario, they would have something very similar, but it would be based for their province. So they're connected. Um, I th and I think that might be similar to the Common Core. I'm not mm -hmm. too with Common Core yet, but I'm working on that. Um, and out, hmm, outside of that, I, I would say there's probably more similarities in the sense that um, good teachers are good teachers wherever you go, and they're wanting right. the best for their kids and are providing those opportunities and are facing similar challenges too. Uh, perhaps prescribed curriculums that may and how to approach that and diverse classrooms and all those different pieces. Mm -hmm. um, I think there's probably more similarities than there are differences. Um, yeah, I don't know. Does that answer your question? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, again, I don't know too much about the Canadian educational system. Um, mm -hmm. And the kids are the kids wherever they are. They're, we have our 
our challenges and then we have our highly motivated kids at the same time. But like you right. said, uh, it all depends on the teacher. I think good teachers can be found everywhere. Mm-hmm. And it just depends on how much how much time they place into in those kids. Right. And and I think, you know, that connects very much to um, the collaborative nature of teaching. And, and the more we reach out to other people, the stronger we get. Um, Twitter and blogging and all those different online things that I've uh, become a part of only recently um, has certainly expanded that as well. And as I meet educators like you and people from all over the United States, actually from all over the world, Mm -hmm. I'm gaining a greater perspective and understanding more about where people are coming from and that we all have very similar um, joys and very similar um, sorrows and that, 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 that the story is largely the same and good teachers want the best for their kids. Right. So Canadian perspective, American perspective, there are technical differences, but in terms of the ultimate reason why we do our job, Mm -hmm. it's, it's the relationships. It's very much that same commonality. So very true. Very true. And, uh, again, that collaboration, uh, piece that is so important, especially now that we have this great, uh, this great technological tool called the, called the internet or Twitter. We can, we can connect with, with uh, teachers and learn from them and they can learn from us uh, all around the world, which is amazing. Absolutely. amazing. Absolutely. Well, Robin, the purpose of this podcast is to sit down with amazing teachers like yourself and pick their brains for tips, strategies, and ideas that new teachers can take into the classroom and be amazing. I know that in your experience, You've run across many amazing teachers. Can you tell us what are some of the qualities that you have found common in these amazing teachers? Um, First and foremost, the amazing teachers I know meet people where they're at and build a relationship. If somebody's having a bad day, they'll recognize that. They'll know if someone needs a high five or a hug or a, hey, great job or hey, how's, how's your sister? Or those, they have a very connected relationship with the people that they work with because teaching is such a, um, a human thing. Mm-hmm. They recognize the humanness of it, the connected piece and the relationships. So I, most, the amazing teachers that I know have that quality about them. Um, the second thing that I would say is that they believe in making a difference. They they have that sense of efficacy. The yeah, I can do this. And they're always reflecting on, um, okay, so here's my situation. What am I going to do to keep growing or to help my kids keep growing? Mm-hmm. It's not... It's not about looking at every challenge that's in your way, although you can, those are facts. Mm-hmm. Those are the facts. So what are we going to do? How are we going to keep getting better? Um, amazing teachers have that sense of efficacy and that ability to self-reflect and really think about what they're doing and then take action as a result of that um, self-reflection. I think those are probably two of the top things. Um, I think probably the third thing is uh, attached to that reflective piece. The amazing educators I know are constantly seeking more information, that lifelong learning piece, that they they don't stop wanting to know, that their practice is dynamic. Mm 
just like being in a community or living in the world, if you remain stagnant, you're not going to get anywhere. That if, if you're dynamic and you're wanting to know perspectives and you're wanting to know new information and share those different pieces, then um, ultimately you, you're more successful overall in your whole life, right? right. Because your schema builds. So, yeah, there you go. Very good. Um, can you repeat that? What, what builds? I think I cut you off there. I missed that word. Oh, your schema. I'm schema, sorry. okay. Your schema, your background knowledge. Oh, okay, yeah. good, good, good. Yeah, I, I, I missed that. The, as I say to my kids, all this stuff you know about stuff and what a difference <laughs> it makes. And it's okay if what I know and my schema is different than yours, as long as it keeps growing. That's awesome. That's awesome. I, I like the like what you said, um, self-reflect, but then take action on it. I right. think that, that, that's key. Very, mm -hmm. very good. Um, I was reading, I've, I've just been reading and I'm taking a class right now and it's about enhancing um, diversity and multicultural education and that whole notion of prax, praxis, social justice and taking action and being reflective and all those pieces, how they work together. I could be as reflective as I want. But if I don't do anything about, oh, yeah, my bathroom is filthy and then walk away from it. Yeah, I know it is, but I'm not doing anything about it to change. Right. You know, even if it's one little thing that I do. OK, I'm going to put this, you know, baby steps is still action. Baby steps is still action. What a great quote. Great quote. <laughs> um, and I like the part where you said um, uh, if you don't move, you become stagnant. Mm hmm. There's always got to be some kind of movement. And again, that goes back to your baby steps quote. Uh, mm -hmm. Very good. Very good. Uh, I think we all know teachers who have become stagnant. And uh, sadly, in their own way, you mm -hmm. know, it's, it's when they talk about people who've taught um, 30 years the same year or mm -hmm. 30 years that are different years, you know. I didn't hang up on you, did I? I, I can hear you. I just can't but see you, you can't anymore. See I don't know what I pushed. Oh, there, there we go. There we go. Okay, I'm okay. just good. Good. Um, okay. Well, well, great, Robin. I appreciate uh, you you helping us out with with that. That those are amazing um, qualities that I think most of our most of our guests in in uh, in one way or another they always talk about continuing to learn. Amazing mm -hmm. teachers continue to learn, and uh, and even even if you've been teaching for thirty years. Uh, always having some some desire to know more to be able to teach better and to uh, connect with kids in a in a greater way I think that like you said uh, identifies a great and amazing teacher I would agree with that yeah um, many new teachers and even some of some veteran veteran teachers struggle with classroom management and I think um, this might be one of the most common issues that new teachers have. Uh, with, uh, with you know, that class or, or that student. What would be some advice that you would give a new teacher regarding classroom management? All right. Um, I think one of the first things is if you have expectations or criteria of how something looks or sounds or is going to end up, you need to build that with your kids. Um, so classroom management starts with their involvement. This isn't a dissemination of information. We are a team and in a democracy, we all have choice. 
um, things need to look and sound a certain way, but let's build how that's going to look and sound together and practice it. Um, I think too often um, we don't take the time to build um, the criteria and the expectations and time to practice that with our students so they really have a, a strong understanding of, okay, when I'm here and when I'm doing this, this is what it looks like, this is what it sounds like, and I can be successful at it. Mm-hmm. So um, often there's that need for a quick fix. It, it, it is definitely easier to give everybody a worksheet and have them sit at their desk and do that. But um, there's so much power in, in collaborative work and in um, different kinds of whole group instruction and small group instruction. But kids need to know and be part of how those things work in your room. So number one, involve them in the criteria and involve them in creating those routines. Um, I think the second piece then too is remove barriers. So if you know that um, this so-and-so has a difficult time being able to see, remove that barrier for them. Um, Whether that's moving their desk or or getting other people involved or whatever it happens to be, remove as many of the needs, the basic needs barriers as you can is going to prevent classroom or disruptions. Mm -hmm. So if someone's hungry, you know, give them something to eat. We all function better once we've been, when our needs have been met. So um, I think that would be a second important piece. Recognize the barriers that you can and remove them as much as you possibly can. And I think the third piece about classroom management um, is meet kids where they're at. Take the time to get to know them as individuals. Find out something special about each of them. When you don't have a relationship with somebody, you could teach till you're blue in the face and it isn't going to make a difference. So meet kids where they're at. Um, and love them and appreciate them and have faith in them and hope in them, um, even when it is the most difficult, or seems like the most difficult thing in the world. You'll know if they're not ready that day. And I think that connects back to all those other different pieces. And if, if this is the headspace that they're at in that day, flexible with it, continue to know your curriculum, have all those different pieces, but meet them where they're at in the moment. So that, yeah, that, that is awesome. That is awesome right there, Robin. And I think like, like, uh, I said earlier, a lot of the amazing teachers that have been on the podcast, they seem to have that common thread. They, they want to connect with kids. They want to know the kids. They want to build that relationship with the kid. And that goes so far in, uh, eliminating a lot of the classroom management issues. Mm-hmm. But the, the problem is the problem is it takes time. It takes time. And, um, you know, new teachers right now, they're just trying to survive. And so uh, they're trying to just make it through the day. But um, if they can find the time, make the time to get to know their kids, they're going to be able to survive a lot easier mm-hmm. that, that first year. Great advice. Well, Great and, advice. and um, in terms of, of, of anything new, isn't it always nice to know the people that you work with? And, mm-hmm. and taking the time to get to know the people that you work with so that you can have a relationship on a different level that isn't strictly, quote, the facts and the work. Not to mention that that's right. the whole um, 
background, the basis of being involved in the community or in society is being able to work and engage and know other people. Uh, it's, mm -hmm. it's the backbone for success in the real world. So taking the time to build those things is crucial. All the facts and everything else will come. <laughs> and it right. it's hard. It, that's a hard thing to grasp onto. But I think after having a few years of experience and trying it several different ways, that has been key for me. So. Mm -hmm. Very, very, very true. Very true. Uh, and especially with those students who are the most challenging. Absolutely. I mean, in, in, in real life, you, you really don't want to get to know those, those people that are giving you the hardest mm -hmm. time. But if you do, you can eliminate some of that, that conflict. Same in the classroom. If, if that student who is giving you the hardest time, you get to know them, you find out what, what's going on. You can make a connection that can be, uh, that can last Absolutely. A Absolutely. And I think, um, relationships aren't easy but they're typically worth it you know it, but and and that kind of comes from dave burgess he in one in his book teach like a pirate he comments that i never said this was going to be easy i said it was going to be worth it and so if it takes time and it seems hard and i mean you're not going to love every kid that's in your classroom the same way but you need to know them and meet them where they're at and take the time to appreciate them in some small way in order for them to feel part of the way things are working too. So there you have it. Yeah. That, that's great. Relationships aren't easy, but they're typically yeah. worth it. Great quote, <laughs> great quote. Um, what, is, what is one action that new teachers can do tomorrow that will place them on the road to being amazing? Talk to a colleague talk <laughs> to your colleagues don't be an island get into some kind of collaboration whether that is face-to-face -face conversation whether it's skype whether it's twitter chats get involved with the people who have the same sorts of experiences that you do you're not alone <laughs> and you don't have to, Rome wasn't built in the day. You don't have to have everything perfect and feel like, oh gosh, if I talk to somebody, they're going to realize that I'm finding this difficult. It's okay. It's easier and a positive professional thing to collaborate with other people. So if there's one thing you could do tomorrow, talk to somebody about something, either what's happening um, in your planning, what's happening in your thinking, maybe a situation, as long as it remains professional, all those different pieces, collaborate with somebody. Talk. Great, great advice. I know when I first started teaching back years ago, there was no internet, there was no computers in the classroom. I wasn't, I was an island. It was all, all me. And mm -hmm. it was, it was tough. It was tough. And, but now with so many, um, so many resources, we have that opportunity to to connect with uh, a lot of great, amazing teachers. Right. I think it's don't be afraid to ask questions. Talk to somebody and and put yourself out there. Um, chances are good. You're you know more and you're doing more and having more success than you than you believe that you're actually having. If if you're in that headspace, awesome. you know what I mean. So. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's that's awesome. You're having more success than you really think you are. Uh, you think you're chances having. Chances are good. good. Very good. <laughs>
Well, we were talking about quotes earlier. Do you have a favorite quote that has inspired you as a, as a teacher? Um, you know, it changes all the time because I, so I keep a board on Pinterest of all these good quotes and things <laughs> that come up and I read something and I have that there. And um, I think there's two of them that are standing out. One of them is one I have posted beside my desk and it says one friend, one person who's truly understanding, who takes the trouble to listen to us as we consider our problem can change our whole outlook on the world. And I know that's a long quote, but again, it comes back to the whole notion of relationships and right. having one person listen and talk can make all the difference. Um, I think the second thing is something my dad said. Um, sometimes Robin, you have to do things to make life worth living. And Whenever I feel like, oh, should I try this? Or, oh, do I have the courage for this? Do I know enough? Sometimes you just have to do things to make life worth living. And taking that chance makes life worth living. Otherwise, you're stagnant, which we talked about before. So, Right. Mm -hmm. Great. Great. Great quotes, Robin. So what is happening now in your life that you are excited about? Well, the weather's getting warmer. Um, outside of that, I am currently enrolled in my second class for my master's degree. Um, and so that's pretty exciting. So in a couple of years, I'll have obtained my master's of science and education with a focus on professional development, which is very much connected to my um, instructional coach position. Um I think probably what excites me just generally on a day-to-day -day basis is being able to have interesting conversations like this with people like you, um, but also with uh, the colleagues that I have in my division that I'm getting to know more and more and working in their classrooms and having connections with their kids. Um, it's the best part of my job is, is getting to know people and learn different perspectives and find things out. So learning more as always, which is the master's part, but getting to know people. And I think um, that's always going to be the exciting piece of my job. So. Right, great, great. You know, I, I thank you for for uh, being on the podcast and sharing your, your insights. It has been very inspiring. And I know the audience will also find great inspiration in, uh, in what you're sharing with us today. Well, I certainly hope so. And thank you so much for asking me. I'm so honored to be part of this. It's quite a prestigious group of people that you've already had on your podcast. And I very much enjoyed listening to them as well. So thank you for taking the time to put these things together for new teachers. Um, like I said, that collaborative piece of uh, being an educator so crucially important for everyone's success we're, we're promoting right. relationships with our kids we need to have those with each other as well so right i agree um you mentioned the the weather uh we spoke about it earlier can you tell our audience what's it like out there right now um well the wind's blowing last i saw it was minus 25 degrees celsius but with the wind i think about minus 33 and that's the warmest it's been in the last week or so and that is degrees celsius so uh yesterday was with the wind it was minus 51 so we're warming up boy and you probably can't <laughs> hear it but my space heater is going in the background so it's wow chillier. yeah it's chilly 
Wow, wow. I, like I like I told earlier, I've never been in any kind of cold like that. I'm I'm in California, Southern California, so we're we're kind of balmy out here and yeah, kind of have great weather. But uh, I, I feel for for those of you in in uh, that cold weather because you know uh, I understand there were like a thousand flights uh, that were canceled because I of weather. I saw that too, and the United States, um, a large portion of the states too, is being hit by this what they call a polar vortex. See, learn something new every day. <laughs> <laughs> Crazy. I guess there's a few of us who are in it together, so it's all good. yeah. <laughs> well. Well, Robin, is there anything else you'd like to share with the audience before we say goodbye? Well, I would love to connect with anybody who's interested on Twitter. Um, I, you can find me at Robin Dubiel. Um, and I have a blog called Learning Past June, which is through WordPress. So that would be great as well. I'm One of my goals is to be regular in terms of my reflecting on there. Um, know what else I'd like to share. Uh, I think that's probably it. Oh, I'm also on uh, Google Plus, but I don't really know how to do that, but I'm interested. So <laughs> there's all these different layers of my technology, but if anybody's interested in further collaboration or has thoughts and ideas, I'd love their feedback. So Awesome. Well, that, that was going to be my next question. How can we contact you and say thank you for your, your, oh. your great insights? And I will make sure I'll add that on the um, on the show notes, that that way they can connect with you. You also said you said that you had a Pinterest board. Pinterest, yeah, I sure do. Um, and it's Robin Dubiel, so you'll be able to find me there too. No secrets. May as well use your name. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, I'll I'll make sure I'll, I'll add that Pinterest board on on the show notes as well. Uh, well, Robin, it's been a sincere pleasure. I have really enjoyed our conversation, uh, and I know the audience is going to find great value, like I said, with uh, all that you shared today. And uh, just thank you again for being part of the Amazing Teacher Podcast. Thank you, Sam. I much appreciate it. So to the listeners, I know you have received a lot of great information in this episode. Now it's up to you to take it back to your classroom and implement what you learned today. So until next time, be amazing. The Amazing Teacher Podcast is brought to you by successintheclassroom.com. Learn more about being an amazing teacher by visiting successintheclassroom.com or theamazingteacher.com.